Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, I'd like to talk about finding soul-level rest in the midst of a topsy-turvy, chaotic world that feels like it's crumbling and falling apart. Is it really possible for our souls to be completely at rest and at peace. That's what we're going to look at today. Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you that our Set Apart Conference is coming up the first weekend of June. We'd love to have you join us in person or anywhere you are via simulcast. And if you do register for a simulcast, you can have access to the sessions for the rest of this year so you can pick a date that works for you. Very excited about the theme this year. We're going to be talking about victorious living, applying the glorious reality and promises of scripture to every area of our daily lives, and specifically how to be proactive and not just reactive in our Christian lives. With the way the things are in the world, we've been very reactive as a church, and I believe God is calling us to be proactive in rising up and recognizing the calling that each one of us have in such a time as this. So I'm very excited, and I hope you can join us. Let's look at what it means to find soul-level rest in the midst of a chaotic world. It's really important, first and foremost, to understand that soul-level rest is such a different thing from just physical rest. There's such a movement today on take care of you and the self-care movement and just have you time and all of that. None of that really brings soul-level rest. At some level, it can be relaxing. But soul-level rest is possible even in a prison cell. It's possible in the middle of a war. It's possible when you have bullets flying at you because it comes from knowing exactly who God is and commanding our soul to agree with his reality. And I think that soul level rest is so critical because it goes so far beyond what self-care could ever do. Self-care is dependent on having a certain amount of time to spend on yourself every week. It's dependent upon certain activities that can only be available when things are relatively calm in your life. But soul level rest, we can take with us even in the most difficult situations and it never fades because it's keeping God in his rightful place and keeping a heavenly perspective no matter what is happening. And the phrase, be still my soul, is really a beautiful expression, and it always reminds me of that old hymn, Be Still My Soul. And if you just look at the lyrics of that hymn, so much of it has to do with finding soul-level rest, commanding our soul to agree with heaven's reality. It says, be still, my soul, for God is on your side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to your God to order and provide, who through all changes faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, your best, your heavenly friend through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. And then the lyrics go on. It's just so rich with beautiful truth, putting in perspective who God really is. And I love the line that says, your hope, your confidence, let nothing shake. And that is because your your gaze is fixed upon him and his reality. I'd like to share with you in this episode three ways that have really helped me find soul level rest. I will say that this is not something that has come easily for me. It's something I've really had to labor for. And even today, in this time in my life, even after God has worked these truths in me in different seasons, I'm constantly having to reapply them to new challenges. And all of us have faced tremendous changes in the world over the past year or so. 
And maybe some of us who are feeling like things were fairly predictable suddenly feel chaotic and out of control, but there is a way to find soul level rest in the midst of it. And it doesn't come from just sort of shrugging our shoulders and saying, oh, well, whatever will be, will be. That's not soul level rest. It's fixing our our eyes upon who our king really is and telling our soul, okay, agree with this reality, not the reality that the world around you is trying to paint. The first way that I have found to be so effective in finding that soul level rest is to choose deliberately to rest from cares and worry. When our heart and our mind is not at rest, it's really not that beneficial to physically rest because relaxation and recreation, even sleep doesn't actually really refresh us when we have an anxious heart. And that's why the Bible makes it clear that we're not supposed to carry our own burdens. We're supposed to let God carry them for us. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, that we are to cast all of our care upon him because he cares for us. Now, it doesn't say cast some of our care on him, but all of it. And I love the fact that the word cast our care in this verse means to throw away, to throw off, or to give up to God. It's kind of like hiking up a mountain with a backpack full of rocks on your back, because most of us do carry our cares and our burdens that way, and just sort of trudging along under that weight and fighting for every breath and feeling our entire body fatigue or our mind fatigue because of it. And then suddenly coming to the realization that we don't need to actually be carrying that backpack at all. So stopping, taking it off, and casting it away from us. Now, without all that unnecessary weight, we can move on with such energy and stamina that we never had before at probably double or triple the speed that we were going when we had the backpack full of cares. That is really what we need to do with the cares and the worries and the burdens that we drag around with us all the time. Just like unstrapping a heavy backpack full of rocks and throwing it away from us, we need to make that purposeful, deliberate choice to cast our cares and our unsolved problems on the one who can really truly carry them. Even if we in our own minds can't really imagine how God is going to handle these burdens and how he is going to bring solutions to these problems that we're so worried about, the one thing we can know is that he is both able and willing to carry those things for us. And every solution that we are seeking can be found in him. And people can make fun of that and say, oh, it's so cliche to say Jesus is the answer to everything. But that is the reality of scripture. That is the reality of the kingdom of heaven. It's only when we choose to fully trust him with our cares and our worries and our burdens that we begin to witness his amazing faithfulness in our daily circumstances. A lot of times when we're not seeing him at work in our daily lives, it's because we're not actually giving him the opportunity to show himself faithful because we're still trying to solve every problem ourselves. I love the message called The Weapon of Rejoicing. It's from Otto Koning, who was a missionary in New Guinea for many years. And in that message, he tells a really powerful story about choosing to trust God with a very impossible problem that he was facing as he was living in the midst of these cannibals and headhunters in the middle of the jungle there in New Guinea. So he was in this situation where a government official brought two men to his home in the jungle. These were men were from the tribes. They had killed other people from a nearby tribe. And basically, it had just sparked a war, a tribal war. So this whole swarm of warriors dressed in their war paint and with all of their weapons, their nine-foot spears, were dancing and howling and doing all this stuff around the missionary's house. And they really wanted these two men. And as, as a missionary, his first instinct was to pay 
panic because that kind of violence can get out of control really fast. And he, it was just him and his family in there with this one government official. But he felt God telling him to rejoice and not try to carry that burden and solve it on his own. And once he did that, amazing things, miraculous things began to happen. Within just a few hours, the angry tribal warriors just decided to return to the jungle. They got too tired to keep up their big display. And also the government official's heart was open to Christ because of the calm and trusting way that Otto Koning had handled that crisis. Now, the only way to handle a crisis like that is through the grace of God, but it's something we have to decide ahead of time. The next time we're faced with an impossible problem that we don't have a solution for, the only way that we can really find rest in that situation is to decide ahead of time we're going to cast that care completely upon God and trust that he cares for us and that he is going to be faithful to make a way where there seems to be no way. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Our burdens are heavy and they are unbearable, but his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I love Psalm 131 too, which says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. That is soul level rest. And the only way to achieve it is by casting our burdens upon our king and not trying to carry what only he can carry. So if you are carrying weights and burdens and you're ha- you have that heavy rock-laden backpack on your back, ask him for the grace to take that backpack off and cast it at his feet. Let him handle the problems that you cannot handle on your own. Another really important key to finding soul level rest is to rest from self effort. One of the reasons a lot of us are burdened and weary and stressed out is because we are consumed with self-effort. One of the most vivid contrasts that we see in scripture is Mary and Martha. Here are two very sincere women who love Jesus and they both had a desire to serve him and please him. But only one of these two women had her priorities straight. Mary understood that sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing his word was so much more important than any human accomplishment ever could be. And she went to first things first. It's not that serving and showing hospitality is bad. It's that she knew where to go to find the strength to then do the work she was called to do. Whereas Martha skipped over that first step of sitting at the feet of Jesus and just dove right into her tasks in her own strength. And she became more and more stressed out and miserable the whole time. I think the story of Mary and Martha is really often misunderstood when it comes to that issue of resting versus serving. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, but just as a review, Mary was resting and Martha was serving. So it's easy to jump to the conclusion that resting is always right and serving is always wrong. But if you really look at this story, it shows us that Martha's serving was not actually the problem. It was her heart attitude. Jesus revealed this when he said to her, you are worried and troubled about many things. And the reality was that Martha was attempting to carry burdens and do tasks only in her own strength. She wanted to do something good and valuable, but she was only relying on her own abilities to pull it off. And that is what self-effort is. Trying to accomplish great things for God without his enabling power. It's kind of like trying to swim across the ocean in the midst of a storm and in the midst of violent waves. Swimming across the ocean is pretty much impossible anyway, but then you throw in all the resistance and you really cannot do it. You just sink and drown. Striving and self-effort 
effort is going to drain us physically and emotionally, just like it did Martha. Because she became so exhausted by her self-effort that she harbored resentment in her heart towards her sister. And finally, she exploded in frustration and started demanding that Jesus just tell Mary to stop sitting around and come and help her. So it's so important to keep in mind that serving is not the issue. It's serving in our own strength, looking to our own resources and our own self-effort to try to do the task that God has called us to do. How much more important it is to take that time to sit at Jesus' feet and draw strength for him, from him before we try to serve and give and pour out for others. And it's really important that we don't swing to the opposite side of the pendulum and say, well, I'm never going to serve others. I'm never going to to pour my life out for others. And people pleasing is wrong. Well, people pleasing done for the wrong reasons is wrong and it is a sin. But serving other people for the glory of God in the strength of God is a critical part of the Christian life. Pouring out our lives for others, serving other people may seem like a fast track to exhaustion, but it only happens that way when we're relying on self-effort. So next time you are presented with the opportunity to serve someone, whether it's your family members, your spouse, your children, your friends, your neighbors, remember to let your spirit sit at the master's feet, even while your hands are busy serving others, as Amy Carmichael said. When you let go of your own striving and self-effort, you can experience this invigorating joy of serving in the enabling strength of the Most High God. And that makes all the difference in the world. I can't tell you the number of times when I have entered into a weekend of ministry or a speaking event or some kind of ministry endeavor that I did not feel up to the task. I felt tired. I felt drained. I felt exhausted. And I simply came to God, sat at his feet and said, Lord, I can't, but you can. Infuse me and fill me with the strength, the joy, the heavenly perspective that I need to do this task well. I'm working in cooperation with you. I'm not going to try to rise up and do it on my own. I'm just making myself available to you. And and every single time I prayed that prayer, he invigorates me and equips me and gives me the strength that I need to fulfill the calling that is sitting in front of me. And then the last practical that I want to share with you about finding soul level rest is that it's important to rest in the right way and for the right reasons. So whether you are a mother of 10 kids that are homeschooling all day, maybe you're a busy corporate executive, you're a missionary busy on the mission field, you're a college or high school student studying all the time, all of us in these intense and busy lives need a break from time to time. We need to take that time away to be quiet and to refuel. But it's really easy to turn that need for a break into an outlet for selfishness. If you just want to escape from the responsibilities that God has placed in your life and enjoy yourself for a while, then you know your motives are probably not on track. If it's just distraction that you're going after, you're going to end up probably just turning to a selfish indulgence rather than turning to something that is really going to give you that soul level rest. So whenever you take a break to relax and rest and refuel, Don't allow it to be accompanied by that self-pity voice that constantly whispers in your ear, poor you, your life is so hard, you deserve a break, you need to get away from all these people and responsibilities and take time for you. That's just sort of the voice of self-pity and it's just going to cause us to focus inward rather than going to the feet of Jesus, which is where true strength is found. Our motive for rest needs to flow from only one thing, the desire to become stronger and better equipped to fulfill the calling that God has placed on our lives. 
Here's a scripture from Ezekiel 10, 17. It says, Blessed are you, O land, when your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. So clearly there are God-appointed times for feasting, for celebration, for recreation. But this verse reminds us that healthy recreation is meant to strengthen and refuel us for our calling, not to just entertain us or distract us from reality or plunge us into self-indulgence. Even though me time is very much heralded by the culture, I have personally found, as I've said many times before on this podcast, that the best true soul level rest doesn't actually come from me time. It comes from God time. Things like prayer and journaling and worship and reading Christian biographies or just getting outside enjoying his amazing creation refreshes my soul so much more than binge watching a whole bunch of TV shows or surfing the internet mindlessly or just going on a shopping spree and trying to distract myself from my problems. Now, not all movies or shopping or TV is necessarily wrong, but those things can always get out of their place if we do not maintain a perspective that true rest is found at the feet of Jesus. If you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed and exhausted, remember that running to Jesus Christ and not pulling away from him is where true soul level rest is going to be found. As it says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So when we are feeling the most overwhelmed and brokenhearted and full of of whatever grief or pain that we might be carrying, we need to remember that's when Jesus is the most near to us. So we shouldn't be pushing him away. Next time you feel like your emotions or your circumstances are causing you to go in a downward spiral and you feel like your life is a little bit out of control or chaotic, I would encourage you not to turn to mind escapes and cultural distractions, but to go to the feet of Jesus. Because when you do, you will not be disappointed. You will experientially find the God of all comforts and the God of all comforts invigorates us and comforts us like nothing else ever can. Here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you about soul level rest. Lilius Trotter was a missionary to Algeria in the early 1900s, and she often took periods of reprieve away from the intensity of her ministry life. She maybe went back to England or she sometimes went to Switzerland for times of prayer and solitude. One thing I noticed about her life is that she used those times of rest in very eternally focused ways. So she took long prayer walks. She studied the marvels of God's creation. She was a painter. So she painted the beauty that she saw all around her. She journaled. She was a beautiful, she had beautiful expression with words. So she journaled her her thoughts, her prayers, the things that God was teaching her. And she even wrote some powerful devotionals in these times of rest and solitude. And that's probably why she thrived for over 40 years in one of the most difficult climates and one of the most intense spiritual battlefields in the world because she knew how to rest the right way. She knew how to find that soul level rest. Once we experience that soul restoration that comes from God's pattern for true rest, we will never want to settle for anything less because any type of of rest that is shallow and doesn't really refuel our soul is, is just a counterfeit. And we recognize that it doesn't actually give us what we need for the calling that God has put upon our lives. Remember, you don't need to wait until your next vacation to discover God's pattern for rest. All you need to do is fix your gaze upon him, quiet your soul, and begin agreeing with his reality. Whether you're in a crowded street, whether you're in the midst of a chaotic environment, or you're alone in a beautiful mountain retreat or walking by the ocean and able to really drink in his presence, no matter where you are, he is ready to lead you beside the quiet waters. If you say, Lord, 
I want your presence in my life, and I know that at your feet is where true rest is found. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. For more on building a Christ-centered life, please visit us at setapartgirl.com to see the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.